welcome to Glitch Please. I'm back. You're back. Uh, yeah, I'm back. Oh, and I'm Ashley. I'm Gus. I'm back, and I'm Cole. Cole, is it Cole? No, I'm not this back. Is the this first is the first time, time you've time. been on. Yes. So um, we're going to we're going to we're going to get to know you a little bit better. Oh, well, thanks. Um, and we want to before we get too much into getting to know Cole, uh, we want to just thank our sponsors for this episode. We're, this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by Blue Apron and the Rooster Tea Store, both of which we'll talk about in more depth in just a little bit. But the Rooster Tea Store, you say? The Rooster <laughs> Tea Store. Store.roosterteeth.com. Roosterteeth.com/store. Whatever, Whatever you like. Yeah. Um, so I've been traveling. World traveler. I, world traveler. I, 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 we world had traveler. a theory. Okay. Hit me. That you traveled to Australia at that time specifically to get the Animal Crossing mobile game. Oh, can I just tell you that was quite the blessing. <laughs> I did have to create, like, go through all the steps of creating an Australian iTunes account mm -hmm. and do all that. I was follow following along step by step. There's some really tricky things to setting yep. up an iTunes account for a foreign country. Yes, I've had to do it for a lot of Japanese games. Mm. Yeah, well, and a lot of the instructions that they give you are sort of weird too, because yeah. uh, with something like um, like Animal Crossing, I call it Animal Crossing Camp Camp. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the so you you go through and you set up the account, and that's all fine. But you find that uh, when you sign in, you're immediately prompted to put in credit card information of some mm. kind. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which obviously. You can't do. Can't do. Yeah. Um, but there are like it depends very much if you like how you go into it. Yeah. If you go into the game first and then have to attach an account, then it gives you an option to skip payment options. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But if you like do it through the phone, it doesn't give you that option. Like there, you just have to fiddle with it a little and bit. They, it's kind of frustrating. The thing that sucks is they kind of change it every so often. Like uh, mm. there was a game I was trying to download from Japan, and it was like okay. First, I have to find an address. So I just—I <laughs> live at the embassy. I don't oh, know if you knew this. Okay. I live at the embassy now. We all live that's at a, the That's embassy. a hell of a commute. Yes, because it's just an address that never changes. Okay. <laughs> I can always stay there. Um, and then if you did it on the computer, you could skip. If you did it on your cell phone, you had to put it in a credit card. Okay. Okay. So I had to, like, I tried to make an account. So that email was burned. So I had to make another email. Mm. That was like, okay, this is... Cole really lives in Japan at gmail.com. Exactly. It was like pretty close. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, well, now this is the, now, now I'm going to do it on the computer and get it in. But then I wanted to buy stuff in the game. So like, uh, how do I do this? So then you just go to websites and buy iTunes gift cards oh, from other locations. Clever, yeah. Cole. Clever girl. I, uh, I'm a little bit... Like, I've been playing um, the uh, Animal Crossing a fair bit, but I've actually fallen off, not because I don't like it, because I do... It's because when it comes out in the U.S., I'll put it on my U.S. account so that mm. I can actually like do stuff with it gotcha. and connect it to my friends and everything. So uh, I've been going through, and you get the little thing. You like log in every day, and you get a, a bonus. <laughs> and uh, so I went through that. I got a really cute skin from a van. It was, uh, you know, the. Was it down by the river? Van, yeah. Uh, I. You know, remember the 3DS that came out, the Animal Crossing 3DS? Of course. The white one with the it had like all the little icons yeah, yeah. on it. So they actually gave you one of the rewards if you had like a 10-day login streak was they gave you a skin for your van mm. that was that, all those icons. So I made sure I got that. And then I got depressed because I'm going to switch over to the U.S. account. I don't know if don't, or when that reward they, will come up again. And so I just kind of got sad. Oh, so it was a temporary, like a time-based reward? No, okay. but I'm going to lose it when I switch yes. accounts. And then is it... Are, I don't think I can gift it. I guess it's like a random reward as well. So 
Um, I don't know if they're random or if they just like they set out because you can see what's going to be in your streak, okay. and then I guess you start a next streak. You start streaking. So the, okay, yeah, the streak for you. We're US. going streaking. <laughs> U.S. streaking might be different than Australian streaking. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Um, so it comes out. There's no solid release date for it, right? It's just November. Just November. Yeah. Well, we've started that. That's this month. Yeah, yeah. we have begun that. <laughs> We're there. Uh, I think a lot of people are expecting it next week. Oh really? I was yeah. thinking like end of November, like oh, like last day. Yeah. We'll see. I'm still a little bit curious what Nintendo's go doing with this exactly because all of the other titles have been the like canary in the coal mine for console titles, but we haven't heard anything about an Animal Crossing one yet. We hadn't heard anything. Have we heard anything about Odyssey by the time Super Mario Run initially came out? Uh, not exactly. We knew that there, you know, it we was, figured yeah. there was going to be one, and marketing materials had leaked showing like a launch marketing materials showing Mario, and then those all changed between that leak and launch to all be Zelda-based. So gotcha. the speculation is that Mario got quietly delayed because they hadn't given it its date yet, so yeah. they could delay it, and it's not really a delay. Yeah. Uh, but that that was, had been their initial strategy for why Super Mario Run released in December, and then, hey, you get to March, and hey, now there's a new Mario game, and everyone's all worked up over it, or... Yeah. Theoretically, I know yeah. Super Mario Run didn't uh, work out quite the way Nintendo had hoped, but that's okay. you know, you got they made Fire Emblem, and that I think right. that's that's made up for it. You like Fire Emblem? Yeah. Do you like what Nintendo's doing with their mobile stuff? Um, my wallet doesn't, but <laughs> I, so you do. I do. I like I I get super just I like I'm a collector, and so I I'm always like okay well, and I, I've also been like a big Fire Emblem fan since the first one that came to the U.S. on the Game Boy, or the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, it was Game Boy Advance. So, uh, like, pretty much every title that's come out here since then I've bought. And I was like, okay, well, I have to play and get my Fire Emblem children. Okay, how do you feel about games like Fire Emblem Warriors, where it's you, taking a lot of the characters that you like, but it's a completely different style? I love Dynasty Warriors. Oh, so, so this makes you very So, this happy. is, like, the best of both worlds. Like, I, But I can understand, like, uh, I have some friends who are, like, you know, not about it. And I get it. It's like, oh, well, they want to play Fire Emblem and... It's not really how it works, but in their mind, it's like, oh, well, I didn't get a Fire Emblem game because you made that. Right, so, like it's a, an either-or. Yeah, even though they're making, still making, like, a new one for the Switch, and they just came out with one for the 3DS, like, a couple months ago. That's a good one, too. Yeah, there was a remake of, like, an earlier one, Shadows of Valentia. I think I played Awakening on the 3DS, but I can't remember yeah. anything about that. It was so long ago. That was, like, it was crazy because that was almost like a Final Fantasy situation where they were like, hey, Fire Emblem's kind of sucking. Nobody's buying it. Let's get rid of it. But hey, let's put it to where you, uh, your characters can bang and make little children. And <laughs> I mean, like, really, you add yeah. that to a game and you got an instant. Exactly. It was like I don't know how they didn't see that was going to be the case because there was like shipping and like, oh, you can marry her and her. And then of course, like, you get into the meta of like, okay, well, which character can you pass the skills on to their right, children? Right. Like, how do we make the best? Children? Yeah. It was. I I went to a dark place. I was like. You were in, like, you child injury? Yeah, I was like, okay, well, they can't get Gale Force, which allows you to attack again, so uh, you're out, you're out. <laughs> you don't get to marry anyone. I don't, I don't care how you feel yeah. about each other. So, but, yeah, I, I like Fire Emblem a lot. Even, like, uh, they made the uh, Shin Megami Tensei crossover. The, uh, oh, I'm forgetting it right now. But it was pretty much, like, Persona mixed with Fire Emblem. Okay, so you Ooh. play the Shin Megami Tensei game. Yes. Okay, I started playing Persona. Mm-hmm. Super into it now. Yeah. I've never played the main series. Yes. But they've announced Shin Megami Tensei V five. Yeah. for the Switch. What do I need to know? 
I'm not as familiar with that with that series. I just know like as far as gameplay goes, it's very similar to Persona. It's just no none of like the social aspects. So there's none of like the social. Links. So they take out like the high school sim part. Yeah. And so it's what all fighting or more is... so dungeon crawling like RPG adventure fighting. Interesting. Okay. Story driven. All right. I'm I'm very. I want to check it out because yeah. everyone speaks so highly of it, and that worked out so well for me with Persona that yeah. Yeah. that I'm I'm happy to give it a chance. But uh, the fact that um, Shin Megami Tensei has so many different kinds of spin-offs, and it's like it tweaks this and does this. I'm like I you know, but I don't know um, all of the thematic differences. Yeah. Um, up until you said that, the only difference that I knew about for sure was that uh, Persona typically focuses specifically on high school kids. Yeah, uh, I mean. Other ones I've played, it still involves high school kids. It's just not as much about them being in high school. Well, yeah, but like, isn't every JRPG like the world is always saved by teenagers? Yeah, no, right? it's like Angsty real life. Teens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's true. As you or you know, or you know, Hunger Games, whatever. Yeah. It's always yeah. about the teens. Yeah, adults don't do anything. Well, you know, the teens got all that energy. Yeah, lazy. Got, got all yeah, that. Yeah. Got all that sleep. angst. Yeah. Good, good point. Yeah, I could sleep or save the world. I want to sleep. Sleep. Mm-hmm. I would probably make that choice. Yeah. yeah. How about you guys? What you've been playing? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Shadow of War. Okay. Um, so I, I liked the Shadow of Mordor game, so I've been really getting into Shadow of War. Did you go back? Um, you had stated yeah, previously I, I wanted that you were going to go back and play Shadow of Mordor. You didn't. Okay. Yeah, because I picked up Shadow of Mordor whenever there was that Steam sale where it was like a buck ninety nine on PC. Yeah, it was like yeah. what, four bucks. It was, just, it was really in, like, cheap. like the summer some, sale. Yeah, so it I was, picked it up then, anticipating. Everyone playing. should have bought it but at that point. I've been so far behind on all games, I haven't gotten around to doing that. Uh, but I've been enjoying Shadow of War. One of the things, we t- I talked about this with Ryan, I think it was one of the episodes where you were out, where he was complaining that uh, Shadow of War is one of the games that supports crossplay, and he was complaining that uh, you can only get it on the PC through the Windows Store and not on Steam if for the crossplay, and he couldn't get it to work. But on my system, it worked fine, no problem. And I've been, I was talking with Cole uh, about this before we started. I've been loving switching between the PC and the Xbox. Because your save, my save so far has been, it's just seamless. It's like, oh, I want to play 4K on my PC for a little while on a monitor like this close. It's like, okay, I'm going to go sit on my couch and play, uh, yeah. uh, you know, on my TV. Somebody for, else needs to use the TV, hop back over the PC. Right. Well, it's like, yeah. it seems like Microsoft's solution to the, like, <clears throat> you lose access to the TV. Fine, go to your PC. Mm-hmm. You can still play it. I did that with ReCore. Mm. And had a lot of fun switching between them. For, uh, uh, admittedly, a lot of it was kind of the novelty. Being like, I'm on my Xbox, I'm on my PC, I'm on my Xbox, I'm on my PC, um, I'm on the East Bank, I'm on the West Bank. Uh, but, like, ultimately, I, I never finished ReCore, mm. so that sort of fell off. I think there's a possibility that the issue that Ryan's having is in order for the store stuff to work uh, with Windows 10, you have to have at least the creator's update. So if he's held off on installing mm-hmm. any updates or anything like that, then it just doesn't work. Yeah, he was getting some weird error. I don't remember what it was. I didn't really care at the time. I remember uh, when, when ReCore came out, the creator, like you had to have the creator's update, which wasn't widely distributed yet. I mm-hmm. had to go and I had to manually trigger it or manually find it and somewhere. Yeah, by <laughs> doing, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what. I'm mm-hmm. sure I talked about it, um, you know, back when uh, that it, when it came out, but it was such a hassle. Mm-hmm. So now at least you just you know install the update and you can do it. But if you're like Ryan and you're probably probably skeptical <laughs> about doing Windows Update and installing the new stuff because then hey I don't know messes with drivers whatever then I, you I, wouldn't I, have access. I was having a weird issue on the PC where I felt like it like sometimes it would get really low resolution and then like stuff just looked 
fuzzy, and it was really pissing me off. And then I realized my graphics drivers were out of date. But I updated them, and everything was fine after that. Mm. It's uh, as someone who's played on the console for a long time, like, who used to play on PC a lot. It's yeah. like having to get back into uh, the swing of regular updates and making sure everything's. Uh, Current. Yeah, there's so much more that you have to closely, tightly manage mm-hmm. on your PC to get the most out of it. Yeah, and uh, and Microsoft or not Microsoft, um, was it WB Monolith just released the 4K update for Shadow of War, the 4K uh, cinematic yeah. pack, and I got that the other day. I really haven't had a chance to put it through its paces, so hopefully today and tomorrow I'll really be able to try it out. Nice. Anything else you've been playing? PUBG. I know we've talked about that to death. So they delayed much. updating. Uh, they delayed releasing vaulting onto the test servers. No. I, I saw that. They said they were having some issues with it. Yeah, that. it seems like they're really, you know, trying to get to the point where they're releasing their public final version. And it seems like every week now they're having server difficulty and delays. And it's really, it's starting to make me a little worried. It's the first time in development so far that I've really been concerned. Well, you got to wonder about the, the possibility to scale. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, they must be having trouble... <clears throat> Scaling to the degree of popularity that that game has now. Yeah, absolutely. Have they said whether they're going to uh, release the new map before? No, that's going to be after. Okay. I mean, because we're already at, in you know the middle of November. Yeah. So it, with that push, with pushing bolting back, it keeps pushing everything back. I assume so. Yeah. Because uh, I, I imagine that the new maps are built a lot with a lot more vaulting in yeah. mind. Because you know that, that this is a mechanic that they're going to assume that they have from day one. Um, I heard a lot of people talk about for a while Fortnite and like that as a potential alternative. Have y'all played? Well, it's um, it's because their battle royale is free to play, so you yeah. can just like download it and play it. And honestly, they've been, you know, kind of cheekily marketing marketing it as like Budgie, except yeah. free and uh, already on Xbox, yeah. and it's working for them. Yeah, they yeah. hit 20 million players. Actually, I'm looking it up. Uh, they announced uh, a couple days ago that they hit 20 million players of it ahead of and it's um, Epic PUBG. Studios? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's epic. Yeah, so it, it kind of already has an established, like, development team behind it who knows kind of what they're going to have to go through, it seems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the one of the concerns that the uh, PUBG developers, <coughs> Wuhole, had is that PUBG is developed in Unreal Engine. Yeah. Uh, and they worked closely with Epic on a lot of things for the game, and they had a lot of very immediate concerns that... Is Epic. Uh, now that Epic is like, we're doing our own, yeah. uh, they would start adding things into the Unreal Engine itself that favor Fortnite. Yeah, and of course, three days ago, Epic announced they hit 20 million players on Fortnite. Uh, and then two days ago, Battlegrounds announced they hit 20 million players. So they're neck and neck. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it is important to note as well that those 20 million PUBG players have all paid to be there. Yeah, uh, and so they are making an awful lot of money on that game. But 20 million players—that's such a huge milestone. Yeah. Good for them. And it's still—I believe I looked the other day uh, on Steam, and it was still the top-ranked game, or the, the most-played game at the time I looked the other day. So it's still up there. And right now, I'm looking the uh, within within the last 30 minutes, they've had 1.4 million players, and the 24-hour peak has been 2.4 million players. Ah, uh, that's not really all that much. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. I think, for, for comparison, <laughs> I think Fortnite, uh, over the weekend right before Halloween, they said they had 800,000 concurrent players. Yeah, which that's even, yeah. even little, that little is to to yeah. a huge number. Yeah. Right, that's also yeah. massive. Yeah. Press home to what a, um, so, so that's uh, what I've been playing. I've been, because I've been traveling, I have been playing primarily on Switch, because mm-hmm. uh, it was just so easy. Having just such long-haul international flights is always tough. When I was flying to Australia, uh, I played Stardew Valley, of course, and 
uh, I have to say that that is an excellent game for planes. Yes. Because it's got the it's got the short day loop, which is wonderful. Like you can just sit there and like, pull it out for 15 minutes, do a day, and then you know watch whatever airplane movie you didn't want to pay to see in theaters or <laughs> you know go to sleep or whatever. And usually those international flights will also have powered mm -hmm. seats, so you can plug it in if you have any issues. But with Stardew Valley, it's not very demanding on resources, so the battery actually lasts a long time. Mm. I think Gavin said he got, time. like, he was able to do LA to Austin like three hours without f depleting his battery totally. Yeah, although I think even, I think even Zelda you can get three hours okay. yeah. out of the Switch with, but uh, I definitely noticed with Stardew Valley, I was like, wow, I feel like I'm playing a really long time. Mm. And so that was really great. Had to use Australian hotel internet to download Mario Odyssey, Ooh. and that was painful, I can tell you that. Uh, and but I got it, played it a little bit on the flight back, which is one of the worst flights I've ever had because they did not have powered seats. Ooh. So have How do you have an you international have flight without powered seats? Decide when you're gonna play. Yeah, it was, I had to I had to meter it out. It was really difficult. I ended up watching I don't know the movie with Scarlett Johansson, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was like, you know what? I should have, I think, like, it's a I, movie that I, I, sh I watched, should have seen. I think the first 15 minutes of it on a recent flight, and I was like, no, I'd yeah. rather not. Eh. Yeah, so I did have to meter out my Mario Odyssey. I at least travel with a battery pack at all times. Oh, well, that's good. So I have that. Uh, and that think helped of a bunch. I really like it. Are you I done really, with it yet, or how far are you? I'm not done with it. I'm about at the halfway point. Okay. Um, so I'm really enjoying it so far. I think it's charming as all hell. Uh, it does, you know, the I think the hat mechanic is... Are you, how are you playing? Are you playing Joy-Con motion I control or? I've been playing almost exclusively handheld mode, Joy-Cons okay. attached to the Switch itself. Okay. And I understand that there's some moves that you can only do by detaching them, mm -hmm. uh, but there are for some of them at least alternative things that you can do if they're in docked mm -hmm. mode. Like uh, the tutorial for that happens quite early on where it says like, oh, you want to hit everything around you. Well, you need to flick your Joy-Con. Yeah, you go into this, you go in and check the instructions. It's or just uh, push the uh, left uh, joystick in a circle, hmm. and then it does something quite similar. You're yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've been. So I normally never play with the Joy Cons, mm. but this game seemed to focus so much on yeah. the motion controls that I played Joy Con the whole time. Normally, I use like a pro controller or handheld mode, but I, I played the the whole game with uh, Joy Cons in hand. You? Sorry, on that. Uh, I've been playing Odyssey, but like <laughs> same. I've been traveling a lot, like on the plane, and Mario is not a good plane game because. I'm sitting there doing this, <laughs> trying to spin in a circle, or like when you get to when you just uh, get your Joy Cons in. Yeah, but then I look really weird sitting eh, in a plane. I'm like, cares. ah. Um, or like when you become a fish and you have to, you have to move the Joy Con to attack. Mm. And so I was like, okay, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. But uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, Odyssey, PUBG, uh, Shadow of War. Mm. Yeah, Shadow of War. Are you me? Uh, <laughs> and then. Um, there's speaking of like Dynasty Warriors game. There's a Fate Extella on the Switch, which is one of those just beat them up. Mm. Nice. Kill them all. Nice. Yeah, I also played. I guess I should mention. I also played Odyssey and, and finished that. But I'm I didn't collect all the moons. I know that there's a lot more to the game once you keep going. I think I'm only like at 200 moons. Yeah, I'm as I'm going. I'm just like trying to complete every area as much as I can before I go on to the next mm -hmm. area. I am too, but I worry that I burn myself out doing that. Like I know that there are some 
moons that are you're meant to come back later yeah, on. Yeah, they definitely are. But uh, I will spend a lot of time just trying to fill out that list for every single world and then trying to get as many as possible yeah. and spending so much time there that I'm not going on and seeing the fun new things. I'm yeah. trying to like find all the hidden nooks and crannies, which is great, but I may not be metering it out properly. I tried to do that as well, but I eventually got to one level where there was like a, sta a, a portion of a level where I just couldn't do it, yeah. and I found myself getting really angry at the game. I was like, I'm just gonna leave. Yeah. I'll just come back and do this later. I think I went, same thing happened where I saw a location, I was like, I want to be there. I need to get up there. How do I get up there? I kept like running around the ground. I spent like far too long, like an hour running around this area. Like, how do I get up there? Okay, I'll, I'll figure it out later. And then I found out about the paintings. That mm. that's how you go to another world to get that extra location yeah. star. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to collect them all, or Moon, I'm not gonna be able to collect them all. I, I should leave. Yeah. But uh, no, what I've liked about it is it kind of taken the same path as like what uh, Breath of the Wild did in is allowing like play how you want to play. Yeah. Right. You like, can move on pretty quickly, yeah. or you can stick around for. A and long. there's really no punishment or no failure. I feel like um, if you don't do what you want to do or you die, it's like you lose a couple coins and yeah. you start pretty close to where you were. Like there's really no like, oh fuck, I have to do all of this again. Yeah. It's it's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm digging it. Um, all right. There's a lot that happened in the world of video game news this week. Okay. Well, not a lot, but some things <coughs> happened that I think we should definitely talk about. Um, but we don't want to go into this on an empty stomach. So I'd like to thank Blue Apron for sponsoring this episode of Glitch Please. Uh, um, choose from a variety of new recipes every single week. Uh, let Blue, uh, Blue Apron's culinary team surprise you, which is always fun. I, they're always good surprises. Our recipes also aren't repeated within a year, so you'll never get bored. Now, some upcoming meals that they've got on their menu include, they sound amazing, and they might sound intimidating, like, difficult to, to make, but they're actually not, and they take you through it. They've got crispy wild Alaskan pollock, seared steaks, and roasted chicken. Oh my god, I love seared steaks. Mm. Um, Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient in your delivery arrives ready to cook, or they'll make it right. You can customize your recipes every week based on your preferences, and Blue Apron has a bunch of delivery options, so you can choose exactly what fits your needs, and there's no weekly commitment, so you get deliveries when you want them. If you're su super, super busy, you just don't have time, then you don't need to worry about finding time to cook a bunch of food. Uh, you can check out this week's menu and get $30 off your order with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash glitch. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. It's blueapron.com slash glitch. It's a better way to cook. Big Blue Apron fan. Can't say yeah. enough good things about it. Yeah, I. so when I was growing up, uh, my mom had about five things that she was really good at cooking. Mm -hmm. we could do, she could do spaghetti with red sauce. Uh, and then this, uh, there was like two two casseroles that I actually don't know how to make, and I miss those. And there was like a like an egg and green chili breakfast thing. Um, and so I grew up learning to cook a couple specific things, mm -hmm. but nothing like really crazy, nothing creative. My mom always joked around that she could burn water. So Impressive. you know, I, yeah. I you know I didn't have a whole like a chef to teach me all these things. And it's actually been really fun, like, learning and being like, oh, I can make yeah. this. Oh, I know what that means now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, oh, yes, I see. And then you can, and I, then I like to take that and then go, just go experiment. Like, I now make a whole bunch of soups. I'll just be like, yes, these things and these things, I know they go well together, so just take them in, and then I chuck them all in a pressure cooker and then and make food. So yeah. it's I like, like... I like soup. It's a good, good, like, learning thing. Well, especially now that it's getting yeah. cold. Soup, soup, soup's, so soup's underrated, I think. Yeah. Go for some good soup. Um, 
So thanks to Blue Apron for that. They are not only gonna fill your belly, they can also teach you things. Yes. And now let's get to the news. Sonic fell. Oh. <laughs> yeah, apparently the new Sonic game is everyone's punishment for really liking Sonic. Yeah. yeah. Take, just burn all that goodwill. Have you been playing Somewhat, it? Somewhat, no, I haven't been playing it, but didn't I read that uh, there's a Sonic movie in development? Yeah. yeah. Like a Sonic live action. A hybrid yeah. live action CGI. I think they would. may be going gritty with it. Because why not? Like Dr. Robotnik's no. a drug dealer. <laughs> no. Yeah, you excited? You sound excited. Yeah. Have you been playing Sonic? No. No, I haven't. I went to Miles yesterday. I was like, Miles, you're the Sonic guy. Tell me about uh, Forces. He's like, no. He's like, get it away from me. He was like, uh, what was the one that came out just before? Mania. Mania. He's like, Mania was so good. Just stick with Mania. But... I'm, I feel bad. I feel bad for Sonic Team. I feel like they have a lot of good ideas, maybe not so good, and they're like, let's just do it. Let's get it all in. Let's push it all in. I think the issue that the Sonic Team is having is that they mostly have ideas, and what they're not doing is executing on them. Correct. Exactly. You know, like they're, or they, they have so many ideas, and they're like, we have to change it up every single yeah. time. And I get that. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other franchises that will do, like, let's take Mario, for example, because we have been, you know, we were talking about that, and everyone is happy with the hat, yeah. and before the hat, they, you know, Mario Sunshine, they were like, oh, here's your, here's your water jetpack, and before that, there's 64, and here's your castle, and you're going to jump around 3D. all the different worlds, mm -hmm. and so, you know, there are franchises as well, and Mario is, is one of those where they're like, we have to do something new every time, mm -hmm. but I think Sonic Team is, like, we have to change the entire game every yeah. single time. And I think that that's hurting it because where, you know, and Ryan will, I'm sure, disagree with this. He's not here to disagree with it, but I can hear him disagreeing in my head anyway, yeah. uh, is that uh, where you get franchises like Mario that are in a lot of ways iterative, where they refine elements of the gameplay every single time and then add something yeah. new to it. I feel like Sonic is just changing so much that they're not perfecting the core. Yeah, maybe if they'd like, they now might be a good time to look back and say what has worked and what hasn't worked and let's begin that iteration Because process. that worked for Sonic Mania. Right. You know, they, they were like remixing levels. They're like, let's take some new elements and include with the old elements. And people were really, really happy with it. Yeah. And then, you know, you throw it back to Sonic team and they're like, well, it's all new again. Yeah. And everyone's like, just stop. Yeah, like... Uh, I don't get some of Sonic Team's decisions. Like, I remember right after Generations came out, they were like, hey, Generations amazing. Y'all gonna do it again? And they're like, no. Exactly. We're, gonna make, we're gonna make Lost World and then Sonic Boom. We and gotta do something new. Yeah, gotta do something new, something fresh. The kids need fresh. Gotta go fast. Yeah. Well, not so fast, because <laughs> Lost World was the one where it was like, gotta go clunky. slow. He was like, well, hmm, fast hasn't worked. Let's try slow. Yeah. But, uh. Slow's the new fast. But then eventually they were like, well, it worked for ma generations. Let's kick back to 2D Sonic. And what was awesome with Mania was like, they were like, hey, let's bring in people who care about Sonic mm -hmm. and have like fans help design levels. What would you think about bringing in a team that likes these games to make these games? Mm, no, no, no. That, <laughs> that'll never work. But then uh, Miles and I were talking about it yesterday. It, it felt like with this new one, because he kind of explained some of the stuff that people aren't liking about it to me. Was that like it felt like in the in the development meetings it was like what do you want oh we'll, we'll put that in what do you want we'll put that in like every single person got it, to put in yes. what they wanted yeah, yeah. like that uh, Key and Peele Gremlins two skit where it's like oh is there this kind of Gremlin yeah that's in it but um, yeah and then 
I just feel bad for Sonic fans. But then again, I also wonder, like, is it making money? Like, they keep making Sonic games. And... I, for, you know, I, it's, they do keep making money. And so, it's one of those things that I, I guess I have difficulty understanding sometimes because it feels like everyone is always so mad at Sonic. And they keep putting them out, and they keep putting them out because they're making enough money on them to justify another one. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I don't know if this is just one of those like weird love to hate sort yeah. of relationships that Sonic and Sonic fans have, or what is happening exactly. But yeah. they clearly are making enough money yeah. to keep and going. They're going to keep making them, and I'm, I'm sure. They, I mean, they have a television show. They have a movie, a movie coming out. So they're not. It's not like they're like. We well, just wait for the Sonic Extended Universe. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Oh. The the Sonic Dark Cinematic Universe. Yes. Exactly. Uh, well, speaking of iterative, uh, Niantic <coughs> has announced their next augmented reality game to follow on Pokemon Go, and it is Digimon Go. Harry Potter. Ooh. Mm. So does that mean they finally fixed Pokemon Go? Of course not. <laughs> uh, there, yeah, I mean, you know, th- there are a lot of people still playing Pokemon Go. I'm not one of them, mm-hmm. uh, but you are. Yeah. Have you been doing raids? Yeah, we have a group over at the other building that is like... The Secret Lab. The Secret Lab, RT Secret Labs, uh, where like every day they'll be like, oh, Entei, let's go, uh, Raikou. But that's about all I do, because uh, when I actually got back into it when I was in New York, and it was like, oh, well, there's a raid everywhere, and there's actually stuff to do here. New York is insane for yeah. Pokemon Go. It's the best. But then I came back here, I was like, oh, well, I can't level up anything because I don't walk anywhere. And then luckily we have, a, we have a gym right next door to us. So we're just like, okay, well, we can uh, every day have a raid come up. We have like a bunch of overpowered Oh, sorry, I thought you meant like, like a gym gym. And I was like, I was like so wait, I didn't, I, do treadmills work for hatching your eggs? Or That'd be awesome, but no. They, well, they do a little bit now. If you have like an Apple Watch or yeah. something like that, the wearables, uh, where they'll track the steps, not mm-hmm. just distance now, but you don't get full credit for it. Yeah. I don't know. I it came out and I was like, "Ooh, I'll play again," and then got on the treadmill, got like very little credit, and went, nah, "Yes, yeah, screw this you." This is not worth it. If so. if you can't convince me to get fit, nothing can. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't do it with video games, what's yeah. the point? Right. Even Pokemon, like. <laughs> But, okay, so uh, what, what is this Harry Potter game yeah. that they're talking okay. about? Okay, so this is from the um, from their announcement. It says, with, and the actual name is not Hogwarts Go, although I think it should be. Uh, Go Hogwarts. <laughs> with Harry Potter <laughs> Wizards <better>. Unite, <laughs> players that have been dreaming of becoming real-life wizards will finally get the chance to experience J.K. Rowling's wizarding world. Players will learn spells, explore their real-world neighborhoods and cities to discover and fight legendary beasts and team up with others to take down powerful enemies. So that's the full extent of what's known about it so far. Uh, I guess uh, word is that it's going to take a lot of gameplay inspiration from Ingress, okay. the game that Niantic put out before Pokemon Go, uh, which had a little bit more of that. Um, like, like Pokemon Go focuses very heavily on the Pokemon yeah. element of it, whereas Ingress was very much about locations and like mm-hmm. defending a location and making that yours and then that way you could build out the like the sort of triangles of territory mm-hmm. um, and control more territory than the other team and so theoretically it might might work on that but um, I am very curious how heavily they're going to lean into the fantastic beasts and where to find them mm-hmm. elements because they do say in here discover and fight legendary beasts mm. Um, and so I don't know if they're going to try and somehow mix like the Pokemon Go collect a or 
what it is that they're gonna do exactly, because you can't just exclusively fight, what, dark wizards? Or if it's like, you're collecting spells. Yeah. Like, to like okay, well in order to fight this thing, I, if I have this spell, this is better to use against a griffin or something. And, and I'm also very curious yeah. how all of the spell casting is gonna work. Yeah. I want, all I want is augmented reality Quidditch. How will that work? You ride around on your phone. Right, you had, you <laughs> your phone, you can see everyone yeah. else as well, and you see like a virtual uh, snitch flying Love it. around. If you, and then you just have to what? Catch the snitch. Yeah, you gotta like hit it with your phone. Yeah. <laughs> throw your, oh, you throw, throw your phone at it. So many broken phones. Yeah, I'm very curious to see what it's gonna be like executionally. I think that doing it around the Harry Potter franchise is, is brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure they've, they've gotta have some kind of, hopefully they have some killer idea for it. Yeah. And it's not just a rehash of, Pokemon goes, oh look, there's something near you, catch it. You caught it. There's something else it's near and, you. <laughs> and now the game doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what if all the spells are, use the um, like the motion sensors in phones and you have to actually like motion spells? Oh, that'd be interesting. Would, would you do it? No. Cause I mean like think about it, like you're out in public being like, woo! Yeah. Or it uses your vocal input and so you're like, Wingardium Liviosa. And that's how you have to cast your spells. You actually have to like talk at it when you do it. I just want to see a group of people taking on like a big dragon. When Guardi Leviosa, like all of them <laughs> shouting at their phones. That'd be awesome. Alohomora. Wow. That just reminds me, uh, not to get too far off the Harry Potter, have you all seen the, the teases for um, Stardew Valley developers next game? Oh yeah. We, yes. Yeah, um, right. Well, do you mean the developer, or do you mean um, you mean Chucklefish, Chucklefish the publisher? Yes. Yeah. The um, the oh, Harry Chucklefish Potter. Is the next game. Yeah. Okay. So it's not actually concerned Abe. Um, okay. Chucklefish has helped like publish Stardew Valley for consoles and stuff, but they didn't develop it. At all. Okay. okay. Uh, they I still think don't they have a name on, for it. They right? worked on some of the ports. Yeah, they don't have a name for it. They've been calling it Spellbound, mm -hmm. just because they call everything something bound as yeah. like their code names. Although I think Spellbound is a cute name anyway. Isn't that already taken? Yeah. Oh yeah, there's been a Spellbound <laughs> game. But yeah. that's like saying that you can't call something Doom. Well, I, I think Ballista might take that, that, <laughs> is there a bridge but, to that. <laughs> but I... Uh, they, 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 they went after Mojang for making a game called Scrolls. Scrolls. That's true. That's very true. But uh, how... I mean, is the Spellbound IP still even a thing? I have no idea. God, at this point, I wonder if, like, how far gone the developer of Spellbound is. There is currently an indie game on Steam called Spellbound. I thought Spellbound, uh, is that the one where you're a wizard and you get to combine different ingredients to make spells? It was a very, it's an older game, I think. Okay. I don't, I don't recall much about it, to be honest. Okay. I just, I seem, I have this very vague picture in my head of the box. Yeah, and like, the that's how text, I, used, I remember the text. Used to, how I used to catalog all games, was like, oh yeah, that was a cool box. Yeah. Yeah, there, it's a, there's an early access indie VR game called Spellbound. Okay. Yeah, that's what I, it's, it's a VR game where I went over to Miles's and he was like, okay, you can pick up the fire and pick up the ice and I see hot beam. Yeah, that's what this looks yeah. like. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so apparently Maybe? you can make a game called Spellbound, Maybe. but someone's already doing that. <laughs> right, I wonder what they'll actually end up with. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. Yep. I'm optimistic. Yes. Um, and then... <laughs> <coughs> So this is some bad news. Uh-oh. Sorry. I love bad news. Uh, this is about microtransactions. Uh-oh. I don't like this kind of bad news. <laughs> um, microtransactions are overtaking revenue for the games themselves. Jeez. Specifically, uh, there are two examples. Uh, one is Take-Two, and the uh, other is no Ubisoft. No surprise there. Oh. Uh, both of which just had 
uh, quarterly earnings calls with investors mm -hmm. uh, and microtransactions, as you would expect, have come up. Uh, you know, they're they're pretty prominent. Um, Ubisoft is like there's they they spoke a little bit less about it, but they did say that uh, what they call um, player recurring investment. Uh, it's, PRI is how we call it. Yeah. Um, right. So that's that's in-game items, DLC, season passes, subscriptions, uh, microtransactions, anything that players paid for in addition to the game itself mm -hmm. uh, was responsible for 202 million during the first two quarters of their year and made up 51% of total digital revenue. They made more money from microtransactions than they did from digital game sales. Wow. That's well, mi microtransactions, season passes, DLC, all that yeah. stuff. Um, PRI. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's outgrown their digital category. And their digital category is growing a ton. Uh, the digital sales jumped 83% year over year, mm. which is huge. Um, and uh, digital... Oh, sorry, digital sales jumped 83%, and digital game sales uh, increased 57% year over year. So digital sure game they, sales they won't are say, going up, they won't but say they've if been dramatically outpaced. And they won't yeah. say if physical goes PR. down to offset that. Yeah, but... I would assume so. They're, you know, but they're, they're dropping. I mean, I know some estimates, uh, and I think it was Ubisoft estimates, put digital game sales at 80% now. Mm. Like, it's, it's a pretty huge change. For the most part, the reasons that people would buy physical now have been reduced to my internet's terrible. It would take me three days to download it. Uh, there are no stores in my area. Oh, no, that would be a reason to go digital. Um, or, like, I have, metered, mm -hmm. um, I have metered internet, and I can only download so many, and games are a billion gigs now. Yeah. Or I want to trade it in later. Sure. All about physical uh, prizes with the game. Like, yeah, or like physical art stuff. Books yeah. or mm. stuff like collectibles that you can get by getting it. Yeah, so um, you know the the reasons for doing physical have have been reduced, but it's pretty crazy to see. And then the other one, Take Two. So Take Two, they um, they're the, the you know publisher for Rockstar for 2K. Um, you know both of which are are really big companies. They're now they have a different term for it, their recurrent consumer spend, or RCS. <sighs> for, um, and that includes microtransactions, DLC, season passes, loot boxes, all that stuff. That accounted for 48% of the company's net revenue Did you quarter. say 48%? 48% That's of their net yeah. revenue uh, entirely. And uh, uh, Strauss Elnick has some choice quotes in here, so I'm just going to read these to you. He's the CEO of Take-Two. He says, <clears throat> the business, once upon a time, was a big, chunky opportunity to engage for wait, tens wait, wait, wait. of... Did he say chunky opportunity? Chunky. But I get what he's saying here. Like, you would spend chunks of time with the game. Okay, okay. Like he said, gotcha, you, would, gotcha. you would spend tens of hours or perhaps 100 hours, but it would take place in a chunk. Like, let's say, Red Dead Redemption. Okay. Where you got it, you know, several years ago, you played the shit out of it, and now you're just like, Red Dead Redemption 2 is going to be great. Right. Meanwhile, you got GTA Online, and people are playing it every single day. Right. Uh, so uh, that's turned into ongoing engagement day after day, week after week. You fall in love with these titles and they become part of your daily life. We've said that we aim to have recurrent consumer spending opportunities for every title that we put out at this company. Mm. So Red Dead Redemption 2, going to have them. Confirmed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it may not always be an online model. It probably won't always be a virtual currency model, but there will be some ability to engage in an ongoing basis with our titles after release across the board, but more specifically, 
opportunities to pay to continue to engage with titles after they come out. So why not? Opportunities to pay to engage. (laughs) They're doing you a favor. We're so fortunate. We're so fortunate. Uh, He also um, justified a lot of this saying, entertainment is a want to have business, not a must have business. And people vote ultimately with the usage and the usage on, uh, and this was about NBA 2K18 specifically, is up 30% in terms of average daily users. The title itself, say, unit sales were up 20% year over year. So people clearly are voting that they love NBA 2K18, and the reviews reflect that as well. So that's a... And there was quite a bit of controversy about the microtransactions in that title. Yeah, so um, that quote specifically was a response Mm -hmm. to uh, concern over the backlash that uh, that 2K got over the NBA 2K18 microtransactions. I, I would say like, it's, it's less a response and more a middle finger that showing, well, you know what, we're right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, they were like, we take we take the feedback very mm-hmm. seriously. Yeah. However, the feedback they're getting is like, there are some angry people on the internet talking about it, but guess what, there are a whole bunch of people or, you know what, a couple of very rich people That's over that. on this side yeah. who are spending so much that why would we stop? Right. Yeah, that's the thing of like, uh, especially with title like FIFA, where, I mean, that's, I think I was talking, my roommate works works with their tech department, and he was like, yeah, um, we make a lot off of the uh, microtransactions in FIFA just alone on the Ultimate Team. So like people buying packs to try to get Ronaldo. Oh, to Ultimate get. Team is like one of the biggest revenue drivers for FIFA now. But it's like, he was like, yeah, like 95% of the revenue is from five people. Or five percent. Five people. Five percent. Okay. Five percent. Five Jesus. people. Like they got those five people got crazy teams. But it's, but it's like uh, people in Dubai who are just like, well, this is what I do all day. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the same just, thing that we've seen with mobile for years. It's the yeah. whales, uh, but mm-hmm. it means that you know we have on the one side this um, what is honestly probably a vocal minority saying, I won't buy anything with microtransactions, and if the game has a microtransaction, I won't buy the game, uh, and you know I'm going to vote with my wallet this way. And then you have uh, a not vocal, not giving a shit minority yeah. over on the other side that says, "Money, just money. Just like, just mm-hmm. it's just money. I have so much. Like, what is money even? Uh, <laughs> so money. Yeah. And I don't have Ronaldo. I'm like Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. I'll dive into yeah. money and I'll find Ronaldo on the yeah. bottom. Exactly. Uh, you know, and they're voting with their wallets. That way, and then you know, somewhere in the middle, you have people who are probably saying, "I'll buy the game, but I'm not going to spend you know any money on microtransactions." Or you have people saying, "I'll buy a couple microtransactions because uh, you know, like uh, the I'll buy some Overwatch loot boxes yeah. because you know they're doing all their new maps and characters and events and stuff for free, and I'm happy to support them beyond the initial yeah. sixty dollars asking price because of their model." And then you know, there's just there's a scale yeah. there mm-hmm. um, with this these. Minorities on either side that are really pulling at the rope, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way that it's going as of now, the people sp- spending a lot of money are the ones winning. Yeah, get ready for a lot more of this. Yeah, I mean, with Take-Two saying every game mm-hmm. is going to have some kind of way to spend. I don't know what that's going to look like in games that I'm very much looking forward to and I'm now a little bit worried about. like. Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay, I'm so, very, very well, cra- excited. Crazy, crazy idea then. Okay. Do you think we could eventually reach a point where AAA, you know, $60 titles pivot to a free-to-play model where you don't pay for the game anymore, 
and you end up with stuff like, oh, you've run out of time to play today. If you want to keep playing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, add a, you know, pay us three dollars to keep playing today. Potentially, although I think we may instead end up in a situation <laughs> with a lot of games where you pay the sixty dollars entry fee and then you Rah. still have that. I don't know if anyone's appetite is that big yet, but we'll see. I mean, it depends. You know, if you get your, if you're getting loot boxes and single, you know, m microtransactions in single player narrative games, and if that works well enough that they make a profit off it, then they are going to probably push harder and harder in that direction. Yeah. But that's the thing is I also see them pushing single player out of the way. They're being like, oh, well, in order to be competitive with this multiplayer online, you got to start spending money. You got to spend this extra. I mean, like Hearthstone is a perfect example of where you can play and you can earn packs, but like I haven't played in like a year. And if I hopped back in now, all of the decks that I want to play with are retired, right? Which means that I can't hop into the new competitive you, you scene. Could, you could play wild, yes, but you couldn't, yeah. So it's like this barrier to entry of like, oh well, if you really want to be playing the game, you can play. But if you really want to play the game, you got to shell out some money to get these packs. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we're seeing like all these companies, EA shutting down, Visceral, and saying like. Okay, well, we're not we're not interested in this Star Wars single player because I, I, I don't, I don't because we don't know how people will engage with it in an ongoing basis. Yeah. I think that concern may be overblown. I think you know that may have been a part of it, but I, yeah. I really think the death of single player games is a little uh, exaggerated at the moment. Yeah, okay. although there are you know I know that uh, Ubisoft has said in the past that they are planning on reducing the number of titles that they put out mm -hmm. in favor of a couple huge temples every year that people can keep coming back to. Mm -hmm. You know, so I know that Ubisoft is is really jumping on the games as a service thing. Uh, EA is pushing in that direction. I think we'll always have titles that don't. I think yeah. uh, CD Projekt Red is a great example of mm -hmm. a publisher that even though I found out I actually thought they were a, like uh, entirely privately owned and that was why they didn't they weren't making any moves in this direction. They're actually a publicly traded company. Oh. Um, but they, you they know, are well able enough. to Yeah, they do well enough that or they manage their investors maybe or they manage expectations or uh, forecasts or whatever to be less aggressive and so they haven't had to move in that direction um you know but you so you have i think you'll always have those kinds of developers i don't think those will necessarily go away but i think you'll see the bulk of major big titles definitely shifting towards games as a mm -hmm. service yeah and i think to kind of say with the single player i think we'll start seeing a kind of like undertales where it's the more indie titles that are able to like, oh, well, let's make a innovative single-player experience that you can you don't have to come back and back and keep returning to. That you can go, okay, well, I want to get started. I want to make my first game. Mm -hmm. It can be a single-player experience, and we're going to see more of those. And there are some very advanced tools now that are available to mm -hmm. smaller developers and to indie developers to make it easier to make a game on your own yeah. uh, or with a very small team. So. I think we'll always have options, but I think the options might be different. Yes. Yeah. We're we're down to the some of the last really big holiday season titles that are coming out. Mm -hmm. uh, Battlefront Two comes out uh, in I'm, God, I forget what date it is right now, but it, next week. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it's next. already available. I think if you have EA access, you can play a little bit of the campaign already, like three hours or something. Yeah, it's like three hours of the campaign, and then um, the multiplayer is fully unlocked mm -hmm. for EA access. Um, and up to 10 hours of total gameplay. But the um, one of the biggest games of the year that just came out is Call of Duty World War II, mm -hmm. which is you know Sledgehammer's new game going back to World War II um, and is, I'm sure Activision hopes, a bit of a course correction for the franchise. Mm -hmm. So let's chat about Call of Duty a little bit. COD. 
glitches um, <laughs> so uh call of duty world war ii just came out on tuesday um as, admittedly i'm i'm not a huge call of duty franchise player in the past do you play call of duty much i played call of duty 2 okay i played all of them up to black ops 2 then i stopped i've not played another call of duty game since black ops 2 uh, I am interested in trying out World War II. I have not gotten to it yet, though. Okay, great. Well, I'm calling in a ringer who can help educate us a little bit more. That's Edward. You want to come on? Oh, damn, I hey. can see you skulking back there. You need a microphone, dude. Yeah. Come on in. Come on in. Um, here, we'll go. I'm going to scooch a little bit like this. Scooch. What's going on? Scooch. Hey, hey, frame? Okay, I'm, there you go. Yeah, no, you're good. So, um, Edward, how, how much do you play Call of Duty? Like, do you play other Call of Duty Oof. games, too? I skipped Infinite Warfare. Most people did. And Black Ops 3, because that's when it kind of got like a little too redonkulous for me. <laughs> it was like 360 no scope, like clown zombies and stuff. And I was like, I don't. It was like Titanfall 2, but not as good. And that's how I skipped those. Uh, but I was excited to return kind of to nostalgic Call of Duty 2 feel. Yeah. Of like, this is, I spent so much time playing those games. Mm -hmm. um, and back to that hashtag boots on the ground action. So I did pick this one up, and I'm enjoying it a lot. So how is it as far as like gameplay wise? It's still Call of Duty, um, and the campaign is interesting. It definitely feels like very Saving Private Ryan, like Band of Brothers. When you say kind of okay, when you say something's interesting, it can be either good or bad. Is yeah, you're like, well, that's um, interesting. interesting. It's, yeah, it's interesting exactly. in that it's it, it has these moments where it's very like historically like accurate and reverent. And then it has moments where it feels like Uncharted World War II. Like there's a train sequence that just Nathan Drake would like get a huge boner <laughs> for. Um, so it, I, I don't know if it knows like really what it wants to be of like this like over the top action Call of Duty or like this again like reverent World War II like story. Um, but it, it's still good. It's still fun. Um, and I'm enjoying the campaign. Multiplayer is still Call of Duty multiplayer. It's kind of like that slotch machine like mm -hmm. oh I died oh, I died uh, here we go and I died again like just keep pulling it like you just keep respawning so fast that you keep playing um, but the new mode the war mode that has like the actual objective based gameplay of oh go and build this bridge and then you move on and you know destroy these ammo dumps um, and then as the axis you know you're trying to defend those objectives that's a lot of fun because I love the Battlefield series um, and so it kind of is a mode more catered to that style of like your kill death ratio is not important and it doesn't show it. There's no so my kind of game. Kill, yeah. Exactly, yeah. There's no uh, kill streaks or anything like that. The problem with it is there's only three maps, um, so it's it, I want them to be more. I'm sure in DLCs there'll be at least one per, and enough people are enjoying it and saying that's the best part of the multiplayer. That hopefully they make more, like two per DLC, or? How heavily do you think they studied Battlefield? Because, you know, mm. last last year, Battlefield 1 trounced it, Infinite yes. Warfare. And, and it's great, I love Battlefield. The, yeah, the, the worry for, I think, a lot of probably people at Activision is, <clears throat> is it possible for a single title in a franchise to be the turning point that well, you I, can't come back from. I had just yeah. read, while well, I was skulking in the shadows, as Gus said, <laughs> um, I had just read an article on, I think, GameSpot that said Sledgehammer originally meant to make Advanced Warfare 2. Um, and so it's unclear if whether Activision was like, no, you can't because of Infinite War or Infinite Warfare doing so bad. Um, 
And they were like, no, you have to make World War II, or if they like kind of pivoted. But originally, apparently, they wanted to make Advanced Warfare 2, which I think would have been a really bad move if they hadn't gone back to World War II. Yeah, I think they said that if they'd had their choice, they wouldn't have gone back to the past. Mm -hmm. That was like that they, you know, they felt like it was stepping backwards too far. Mm -hmm. The trick with these games, and this is something that uh, that Battlefield One tackled last year and ended up, I think, needing to take some liberties with, mm -hmm. is the technology of the era exactly. and the you know the the gunplay and how yeah. it all worked mm -hmm. because that's all a very different feel from super future. Everything's right. crazy. Yeah. You know, it's well, you slower. Have, you you have, don't have as many opportunities. Things you got to reload everything. Plus, you have like real weapons that you yeah. you need for reference. You can't be like, oh, well, no, it just does this. Yeah. And all or, these games, they want to like have the like great sound design, so they have to go like get. It. Yeah. They can't just like mix some sounds together to make like a futuristic gun. It's like normally they have to go get these guns and you know, shoot the, them and like record the sound. Up the synth and be like, yeah, exactly, this is, just like this make is a gun. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think I think Battlefield One did play a pretty big part. Um, at the same time, though, I think it's more of them making a play for that nostalgia um, and seeing things like classic movie franchises getting rebooted and mm -hmm. like TV shows being made again and stuff. Um, I think they can go, hey, we can essentially make Call of Duty two with super great, you know, visuals um, and kind of update multiplayer, and it'll sell bananas. And so far, it has. Um, a lot of people are picking it up, especially over Infinite Warfare. Yeah, well, uh, the the stats coming out of it are pretty crazy so far that it's like already doubling Infinite Warfare mm -hmm. numbers. The, wow, it's uh, only been the, a few days, too. Yeah, yeah I, I can't remember the exact numbers that it's doubling. I do know that like current players is like 400% of what Infinite Warfare was. And also, it's the kind of game that it'll continue to sell. Mm -hmm. uh, it's got a very long tail on it because it's Call of Duty. Yeah, it's yeah. from launch. Uh, World War II has doubled Infinite Warfare sales. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's keeping in mind that Infinite Warfare tied a lot of their sales to Modern Warfare. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, they like they sold so many of the eighty dollars version just yeah. so people could get access to that one. If they hadn't had that, I'm very curious what their numbers would have been. Much lower. Yeah. It is refreshing, I think, like Battlefield One to get back into a game where it's like, okay, I have a gun, I'm going to point it at somebody and shoot, and like it's there's no like, oh, I got like a remote control hatchet that I'm going to throw across the map and like kill somebody who just spawned and like oh get a drone that I control and stuff like that it's like it's you know if you lose a gunfight because you you know were too slow to react or something like that it seems just a lot more fair um, except when apparently when you get the nuclear weapon kill streak at the end and just like kill everybody in yeah. the game. <laughs> but uh, you know it's it's still fine that's cool yeah. that's cool so um, one of the things that I'm always very curious about with Call of Duty fans mm -hmm. is this is a franchise that's very much maligned online. You get yes. uh, like online communities anytime Call of Duty comes up. In fact, uh, we yeah. just did a, a news story about the fact that Hummer is suing yeah. mm -hmm. Activision that, yeah. uh, over using not not in World War not in Call of Duty World War II, mm -hmm. but in yeah, other Call of Duties general, that they use yeah. uh, Hummers. It's not a licensed thing, and so they're like, oh, you're stealing our stuff. Um, and the response to something like that is. Good. I hate Activision, or I hate Call of Duty, yeah. and fuck Call of Duty. I hope yeah. Hummer wins. Yeah. Like, no one has ever cheered for Hummer to win. <laughs> yeah. First of all, yeah. they um, need this. The battle of the most. Yeah, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think, right? No, they, you can't buy new ones. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's yeah. Um, so I don't know. I guess Hummer needs some money. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> how can we do that? Well, uh, but the response is always people who are actively. Mm -hmm 
hoping... Rooting against. Yeah, yeah they're rooting against Call of Duty. They yeah. want it to fail, uh, which is always very interesting. So if you're a Call of Duty fan, like, does that matter remotely? It's one of those things I feel like Call of Duty fans, and I definitely hated on Call of Duty fans for like the past like probably three games of just like, oh, God, like same thing over again. Know, it's kind of like it's kind of like WoW like players, you know. You have the sort of like stigma of uh, certain people who play certain games or like League of Legends. I think COD definitely has it the worst, um, and it's still that for some reason there's no function in the settings to just always have. Uh, people's mics muted. Mm-hmm. You have to do it every like new round. Like I, I just that's my first thing is like mute everybody because I don't want to hear these people like oh pass the bong bro and like people like in, playing music in, in the PUBG, background. That is persistent setting. You can you can yeah. mute global chat and it stays it's, muted. I wish that was a thing. I looked through the settings for like 45 minutes when I first got it and it doesn't exist. And please Activision let me mute other people. I don't want to hear them. <laughs> um, but it it's. It's an interesting fan base, but I would say a vast majority of people just, you know, play the game and have fun with it. Yeah. Um, but man, that vocal minority is very yeah, vocal. it is. It does seem like one of the reasons that Call of Duty just continues to sell so widely, even though there are so many people that like to complain about it online, is that you kind of know what you're getting with it. Yeah. Uh, if you buy one game a year, you're like you know exactly what you're getting with Call of Duty. Yeah. It's probably the same reason that sports titles do so well, even though they're quite iterative as well. Is mm-hmm. like, you know exactly what you're getting. Yeah. Just get the new version. Yeah. yeah, there were no surprises, exactly. And the surprises for this game were pleasant surprises. Of like, oh, war mode is fun. Like, headquarters is kind of neat, I think kind of unnecessary. Um, and I don't know how I feel about it, but it's it's neat and it's new. And The one thing that might sell me on playing Call of Duty this time around is the fact that David Tennant yes, is, is in, in it. zombies mode, yes. And I will I will follow that man pretty much anywhere. I mean, I, Jeff Goldblum was in the last one. It did make me pick it up. But Wasn't also uh, Kit Harrington in the last one? Yeah. He, was, he, he, was, was, he, he wasn't was in the, zombies mode, but he was the he antagonist was the in the campaign. campaign. And just looked exactly like Jon Snow, which I'm sure they just well, looked, he looked like space. He looked like space frozen Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Just like, mm, yeah, he was always like, like mm, mm. he always had stuff in it. I mean, it's Kit Harrington. <laughs> yeah, that's Frozen true. Snow. That's, true. That's, that's kind of how he talks. Yeah, yeah. So that's my Kit Harrington. Um, <laughs> so overall, you're enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep playing it. I don't know how much I'll keep playing it once Battlefront 2 comes out, because again, I like kind of EA and DICE's shooters more, because they're more cinematic, like more grand scale. Um, and in Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. You can't beat Star Wars. Um, Well, you can, but they're called the prequels. Exactly. They beat themselves. You can beat Star Wars. The prequels, they suck. Oh, yeah, okay. I was like, okay. (laughs) No, we're on the same page. We're back on the same page. Okay. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I'm still enjoying it immensely. It looks pretty. It sounds... Gameplay's good. Uh, The gameplay is Call of Duty. Just mute everyone and then you Mute everybody and you'll, you'll have a good time. Yeah. What platform are you playing on? Uh, PlayStation 4. Okay. Mm-hmm. PS4, uh, PS4 Pro. PS4 Pro. I do have that 4K HDR and it looks real good. That was going to be my looks follow-up real question. real good. Okay. Um, games that don't launch with HDR, I'm like, Ugh. that's like one of the big selling points for me is to have HDR. I think we'll see a lot more of it by next holiday season. Yeah, I'm surprised Destiny, Stu- Destiny 2 still doesn't have it. They said that they are trying to get it in there, but I'm surprised. I was hoping that with Xbox One X they would Yeah, yeah I, that, that's, I think that's going to be the big mm-hmm. driver. It's like if, if someone was going to develop HDR before, they were looking at a fraction, a fraction support exactly. for it. Now that you'll see it across you know, both consoles and PC, obviously, I think, yeah, it'll be... Do you play yeah. consoles I mean, they'll, with HDR? They'll, they'll still be niche, no, I, I think. Oh, you know, like PS4 Pro is not selling PS4 numbers, and Xbox One X um, 
you know, it's not going to sell Xbox One numbers just because they are, you know, it's a it's additional, it's mm -hmm. more powerful hardware and it's awesome. But if you don't have a 4K HDR TV, do you're you not need reaping it? the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Although it does, most games do super sample down to that 1080, and they look a little bit sharper. But it's definitely, I think HDR is the biggest mm -hmm. game change over 4K. 4K, like I've kind of bad vision, so I like can't really tell that much. It's kind of sharper, but yeah. you know, if we all had bad vision, we wouldn't necessarily need resolution because we can't see it all anyway. Exactly, everything. Just think about how much money yeah. it could that's, save you. That's why old people like, still have SD, right? Heck yeah. Right, they're like, oh, okay. Anyway. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> don't need 4K TV when you have bad vision. Um, cool. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Yeah. It, it always yeah. helps to have someone who's like really into a specific yes. franchise when you know that something is like it's coming out and it's gonna be cool. Um, you know, and it, like, or it's really big, and you feel, I don't know, sometimes I feel like, like a hipster douchebag being like, excuse me, have you seen my farm? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I haven't played Call of Duty. Uh, and I, you know, I feel like an asshole. What I, I like about Call of Duty, like, even though I don't play it, I like that it's available, because, like, for me, a big problem with Call of Duty is I can't see well. And so oh, I'm like, I, yeah, I'm like, well, that entire th screen is gray and muddy. Whereas, like, I mean, for me, it's Overwatch. It's I can see bright, colorful characters, mm -hmm. but I like that there's still that, like, like extremely tactical, like more down-to-earth game that exists for people. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, it's Call of Duty is, it's I think good for the industry to have in that. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a huge franchise. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, Activision, you know, we we criticize them. I think fairly for a lot of practices that Activision has. Mm -hmm. But then they also do, for Call of Duty specifically, a lot of work to benefit veterans. Yes. Um, you know, which isn't something that they have to do, but I like that they do it. It makes me, you know, appreciate them more in that way. And I also think that it's really good for us to have, um, I think, battles. And I think that, like, the, like the Battlefield Call of Duty thing is a positive for the entire industry because oh, yeah. that's the sort of thing that drives innovation forward. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even if you have, like, you know, and it's you know it's the same thing with console hardware. If you have someone to chase, yeah, then everyone gets like just a little bit hungrier. I mean, Edward just came in like talking about the war mode, where it's like, oh, if you like battle Battlefront, Battlefield, they're kind of starting to introduce something like that in Call of Duty, which. I mean that's awesome if you can have the game that you like to play. Yeah. When you when you said that, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm playing it tonight. Yeah, like okay, I I, I like. Let's do this. Yeah, I like that. I'm, I I want to try that. Yeah, but um, you know, then also important is uh, consoles. Pushing each other, you know we're you know we're especially this is timely because of the Xbox One X is just yeah. released. Um, I'm not sure how sales are doing. Uh, apparently, uh, GameStop is saying that they sold out of their first shipment. They're going to get more in. Um, it is available elsewhere, so it's not entirely sold out. So we're not looking at a switch situation Correct. exactly, and we don't know how big those shipments are. Mm -hmm. But um, so far, the Xbox One X is being relatively positively received for the way it's iterating and improving on what PlayStation 4 Pro has done. Mm -hmm. So, um, would actually love to take a little bit of time to talk about Xbox One X performance. And I was very unlucky, and I was traveling, uh, now to, for uh, to full disclosure, uh, Microsoft sent uh, Rooster Teeth, several different Xbox mm -hmm. One Xs. I got uh, one. You, you got one. Uh, the No received one, and we've been using it for testing. I got, no. No? I didn't get one. Cool. They didn't send it to animation. I'm sorry to hear that. I know um, Achievement Hunter got a couple. Uh, so, you know, we've had some around the office pre-launch, 
uh, and have we had some time unboxing. to do, yeah, like unboxing. And also, um, uh, Eddie uh, in particular has been doing a lot of testing between things like the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. So, uh, Eddie, you're here, right? Eddie, come on in, because more you... people in the shadows. Ooh. More people. The skulking corner. And an Eddie. Edward in the corner, and then now an Eddie in the Eddie corner. In the corner. <laughs> we're, we're just doing, uh, it's Ed's all around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah uh, so Ed, Ed, and Eddie. The, yeah, the, the Xbox One X arrived. I was away, and I just started getting this message to get the message from Eddie. goes, hey, Xbox One X. <laughs> yeah. And I got a message from Gus going, I want to unbox it. <laughs> and so <laughs> yes, I wanted to take mine home. Yeah. And then but, unbox and yours. It, yeah. Unbox yeah, we thought ours, you yeah. were going to bring yours to unbox. No, but no you wanted to unbox <laughs> ours in front of everybody. Yeah, so was, you know. my, I was already testing mine. Yeah, and then uh, you know, fun fact, we had to box it back up and then re-unbox it for because mm. you did you did like a stream and then a an unboxing stream and then like an yeah. actual like unboxing video. So I had to like box it back up. I don't, can you do that with Movie unboxings? Magic. Because yeah. we did. Um, you also could have used. Bernie's probably. We thought about it, but then yeah, it's good. You, we already had it. <laughs> Everything's in there. You don't want to open it up and be like, well, it's missing a controller. It's just the one shipment that missed a controller. So it's good to make sure everything's in there before. Well, I mean, right. that's that's on them. I w no, although that's I did true. have I mean, I don't, I don't, That's true. Yeah, you don't need to protect them. Uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to like portray it yeah. like in a way that it didn't happen. No, no, no. We, we have encountered like weird stuff in the past um, with promotional stuff. I remember uh, Microsoft has sent out some uh, some care packages for Destiny 2, and there were these really, really lovely controllers that they made through the design lab. They're white, and then they had a couple of uh, complementary colors. I think they had three. I think they had blue, they had red, and they had gold. Um, and they they were like you know like white, white, and then like an accent color. And so they sent them out. And uh, I got this uh, like one of the care packages, which was very nice because we can always use more controllers in the office. Yeah. Uh, opened it up. It was not one of the promo controllers. It was like just some dude's controller. Oh, really? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> like someone's was, name on it. Yeah, like, it's like weird. they had, you know, you can get like yeah. you get a little, uh, little customization, name, customization so. printed on it. Well, it had like this dude's name. And I was like, uh, I Googled this dude and I was like, this is just like some dude. And uh, so I had to call it, micro I called Microsoft and I was like, this is a really lovely. Thank you for the consideration. But. I think I got someone's controller, and I feel terrible because they're probably missing yeah, it right now. I think now. someone can't play their games right now because yeah. they and don't have a controller. So I, like, I sent it back to them and everything. So that kind of mix-up can happen. Yeah. Didn't happen in the case of the yeah. Xbox One X. So it's a normal full retail box, and they also sent us a shit ton of games. You've been giving a bunch a away. Of yeah, I gave a bunch away. Uh, it was a non-Project Scorpio edition, we should say. Yeah, it was just a, just a normal, normal Xbox One X that you would get if you didn't uh, pre-order. Yeah, but uh, you've been doing a whole bunch of comparisons and testing because earlier this year you got a like fuck off awesome TV. Yes. You invested mm -hmm. uh, specifically for Horizon Zero Dawn, which you also bought a PS4 Pro to play to really yes. get the the best possible experience, right? So you took the Xbox One X home uh, and did a whole bunch of like HDR tests and all kinds of stuff. So talk to me, Goose. Yeah, uh, it was kind of weird because the whole rollout of the updates has been kind of strange. Like yeah. they they haven't been pushing the updates out kind of right alongside release. That's kind of weird. Yeah. I, I think for the yeah, for yeah the I think the HDR Shadow of War stuff. one just came out. Yeah, like yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday. Like, yeah. So, and it was a 22 gig download or something like that. Oh, yeah, wow. the, the updates are huge. Like, the Gears of War 4 is like 100 something gigs. It's crazy. That's, the the console doesn't have a big yeah. enough hard drive. Not a very big hard drive. Why did it's one the, terabyte? Yeah, yeah is that it's, okay? it's one terabyte um, by default. I did the uh, the network transfer to get everything mm -hmm. off uh, my Xbox One S. Mm -hmm. Well, my Xbox One S has a two terabyte hard drive, so, so I had to I had to select a whole bunch of games to not transfer over. 
And then Forza 7s is like also like 100 gigs. Um, so they did the rollout kind of so weird. Big. They're huge. Um, I thought it was kind of strange that they sent all these games, but then didn't send, but they didn't have the updates ready for all of them yet. Which yeah, was well, a, a lot of them were third party. I think yeah. all the first party ones had the update ready, right? Like yes. Halo Five was in there yep. and uh, Gears of War. Yeah, and I think Forza those also, were both ready. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, Forza. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I was able to test Assassin's Creed on PS4 Pro versus the Xbox One X. Um, and then I was able to kind of test Gears of War 4. I did it on in 1080p, and then I did it uh, on the Xbox One S and the Xbox One X. Um, and then Forza 7, which there wasn't you know, Forza, uh, there wasn't much of a comparison for, but that game kind of blew everything else out of the water, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty cool. Uh, it was weird. Assassin's Creed Origins, like comparing, I, it was nice because I was able to literally like swap my inputs back and forth and look at the same spots in the game, almost like imperceptible. In terms of light differences, I thought between what, what? PS4 Pro and Xbox One X. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. I thought yeah. you. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I heard the the big deal, the big difference between a standard Xbox One and PS4 and the Pro and the X was HDR for Origins. Is that HDR was like the big thing, less so resolution. But then you get HDR yeah, yeah. for both PS4 Pro and Xbox. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. X. So if you're if you're someone that hasn't like experienced like HDR uh, before, it's definitely going to be something that like that like pops. Um, yeah. The cheesy word, but it, it definitely like pops when you see HDR for the first time and you haven't experienced that before. So um, let's talk about your HDR real quick, though. Yeah. So if you don't have do you have HDR capable TV? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Okay, uh, so it's a 4K TV. Yes. Um, and you think it's HDR, but you haven't really looked at it. Is it HDR 10? I'm not sure. So that's one of the <laughs> that's one of the confusing things is they only recently settled on a standard for what HDR actually means. Okay. Yeah. And when you uh, plug your Xbox One X in, you can test it. Yes, uh, it's pretty cool. And okay. it tells you, you know, like what graphic fidelity you'll be able to get. Yeah, it's uh, like it supports this. Check, check, check. Nope. I'll take a look. I think, I think it is. I think it has some support because there's a setting on my TV that I was like, oh, I think it was HDR, and I was just like, okay, it was on automatic. Do you think HDR, like for someone? who, like, you you don't use it at the moment, does it appeal to you? Does the idea of HDR appeal to you? Uh, for me, yeah, just because I, I always, like, I go for, like, the truest colors, and so I want to see that. I see your true colors. But uh, I can also see how it's, like, I mean, I also enjoy playing portable mode on the Switch, so we're not getting the best mm-hmm. image there. So you're, you're happy to trade off for the experience? Yeah, to me it's 100% gameplay, and whether... Whether it's it's fun, but I can see like a game like Shadow of War, I might like that a lot better with an HDR. Where kind of was talking about with Call of Duty, where it's like very same colors all the time. I would I wonder if that would like bring out some of the variation and make it a bit more colorful. Yeah, the contrast is really nice in a lot of HDR games. So like I I barely played any of Resident Evil Seven because I can't do scary games. But yeah. like the super high contrast of yeah. like really dark and light areas was yeah. like really cool in Resident Evil Seven. So that uh, for that reason that that appeals to me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that kind of stuff is pretty cool. So a lot of what stuff with HDR is you get in in a normal TV, you sort of get crushed along the edges, right? Mm-hmm. So with bright colors, mm-hmm. they'll all kind of seem the same, like the same shade of white. Or with um, with dark colors, like or a dark game, like you get with a, with a Resident Evil or any horror title, really, they all get these crushed blacks. So you just you can't see anything, and then that's the point of HDR, right? Is to make it so you can see the shadows. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Super, super dark, dark, super bright, brights. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... Especially the true black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So performance-wise, uh, 
Was there anything major you noticed between PS4 Pro and Xbox One X? Like any games where there was a notable, visible difference? Um, not particularly with the ones I tried. Shadow of Mordor, or Shadow of War, sorry, the, the update wasn't out yet. Um, but even when I was like testing it, it did seem like it was handling the frame rate better. Um, but then Assassin's Creed Origin, uh, same thing, frame rate appeared to be a little bit better, but like visually it was just like, okay, these look about the same. And I thought maybe I was crazy and I was doing one of the like, I can't see the difference things, but like Digital Foundry released their kind of analysis today and they kind of basically said the same thing. Yeah, and if they're saying it, you know yeah. that. I was like, like oh, thank God, I'm not yeah. like a crazy person. <laughs> but yeah, the, the really cool stuff was the first party stuff. Um, like Gears of War 4 was like miles better um, on the Xbox One mm -hmm. X versus the S. Um, and then Forza 7, again, I didn't really have anything to compare it to, but it was like like far and away the best thing that I've viewed like on my TV yet. One of, that's one of the common uh, points of feedback about uh, Forza 7 is that regardless of whether you're into racing games, regardless of what you think about the games themselves, mm -hmm. It looks absolutely stunning. Didn't you say like your your what your wife walked through the room and saw yeah. it and was this is the first time she's ever looked at a game and been like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. so she's always kind of like, oh, you have your TV and your whatever <laughs> and it's fine. Video and like, games. I showed her Horizon Zero Dawn and she was like, oh yeah, that's really pretty. And I was like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> um, but then I was playing Forza and then she walked in and like she had like laundry or something and like set it down and then like sat down and watched and she was like i can't believe this, this so she game? was like yeah. yeah she was really stunned by it um i i had tried out gran turismo sport recently and its use of hdr is really awesome but it doesn't have the frame rate that like forza does mm. so that like 60 you know 60 fps like 4k hdr it was it was ridiculous to look at the one thing i've noticed uh, my my biggest complaint with the xbox one x so far and we talked about this in the unboxing stream, was the original Xbox One and the Xbox One S both have that large fan on top. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's big and it uh, revolves, ro rotates slowly, So, it, but, it, but since it, because of its size, it's able to move a lot of air. So uh, I keep my Xbox in a closed-off entertainment center. Uh, so the thing I like about my Xbox One versus my PS4 is my Xbox One, I never heard it. Even when I was playing a game, it was dead silent. My PS4, I always have to open up. That way you can yep. get You can you know, get like the jet engine sounds. Yeah. Uh, the Xbox One X d does not have that fan, and I can hear it. It's not as loud as my PS4, and it's not distract. It's not like terribly distracting. But you know, if I'm watching TV or Netflix or like something low power, I never hear it. But as soon as I start playing a game that you know is a lot more intensive, then I can hear that Xbox One X in the entertainment center. Again, not as loud as my PS4, and it's not super distracting, but I can hear it and I never heard it in the past. And it's the, probably the biggest complaint I have about it. My PS4 Pro is like super loud. Mm. Like I feel like it's more loud than my PS4 was. Like it always sounds like a jet engine like yeah. trying to lift off out of my entertainment center when I'm playing games. Yeah. So that, that's, I mean, again, if you have a well-ventilated entertainment, mine's, I know my entertainment center's a problem. I know that it's closed off. If you have a situation like me, it may be uh, something you want to think about. Yeah, and uh, the, it, this isn't really an issue once you get it out and get it set up because, you know, uh, unless you're the Switch, you don't, you put the console down and then it doesn't move. Yeah. But it is extraordinarily heavy. Yeah. Yes. Which, oddly enough, kind of makes me like it because it's this, we, it's this really stupid sort of consumer, um, like, that sort of, like, justification 
of, of spend. It's, yeah, I'm like, 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 oh yeah, a lot went into this. Look, oh, feel how much hardware it's got. No wasted space. Yeah. I got yeah, yeah. all of yeah. this. This weighs about six teraflops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it is pretty beefy. I'm very curious how long it'll be before we start hearing about whether it's bulletproof. I remember the stories about the original Xbox, not the oh, original right. Xbox one, but the original, original Xbox. Xbox. And you'd hear all these stories like, Xbox survives shooting and you know, in an apartment <laughs> and it ricocheted off and it still works. Uh, and you'd get all these crazy yeah. stories because it was built like a tank. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm very curious if that's the case with something like this, just because it's so dense hardware-wise, yeah. or if it means it's delicate as all hell. We'll we're going to be wrapping it in towels in no time. I mean, I, you know, at home I was throwing it up in the air to myself to see if it's fine. <laughs> Playing catch with yeah. it. Go on. Uh, so, uh, any final thoughts on, on PS4 Pro versus Xbox One X? Do you think that for being a year later um, and for um, its price point, Xbox One X is a good investment, one, for people who haven't got an Xbox yet, and two, if you do already have an Xbox, is it worth the upgrade? I feel like if you... If you don't have an Xbox yet, it's definitely like a great upgrade, um, uh, especially if you have a TV that can handle everything it does. Like it's just, like it's it's so hard to describe, and it stinks because it's really hard to, to right. display HDR stuff, like even on the web. Um, well, it's like you know what I feel like is that it's kind of like selling 3D in 2D. Yeah, it's like you you don't or selling VR mm -hmm. using a normal screen. It's like yeah. you can't show the experience. So it can be like, look, with HDR, without HDR, and it's like, if you don't have HDR, yeah. they're going to look the same. <laughs> well, and so what my worry was after, like, investing in the PS4 Pro and the TV and stuff, that I was going to, like, load everything up, and I was going to, like, pull up Assassin's Creed Origins, and I was going to be like, shit, this looks uh, so much better, and now I've got to do this as well. But I feel like if you already have something that that will meet that need, that, that it's not really worth the upgrade. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily worth moving from a PS4 Pro to an Xbox One X. Yeah, at least not from what I've seen. Um, I mean, the, the, the first-party stuff looked really amazing, but again, their first-party stuff. It, yeah. For me, I think it'll probably take one game that I'll be like, okay, <clears throat> fine, I'm going to do this. Yeah, if you were already on the PlayStation platform, yeah. you weren't getting those games anyway, so yeah. you're not missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, thank you. Um, and I think I think that about does it for this episode. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna answer some questions that people have sent in uh, in New Game Plus, which is our uh, post show exclusively for Rooster Teeth first members. However, before we go, I want to encourage everyone to visit the uh, RT store. Uh, we can sponsor ourselves. Right? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, we can. Um, Look, the, the Rooster Teeth store has new merch every single week. They've got a ton of stuff. Uh, I don't know if anyone caught the On the Spot episode, the um, Australian one, but uh, they actually have the, the platypuses, which are actually camp camp platypi. Plat, plat, platypi? Yeah. Platypussy? Um, and so they've got all kinds of crazy new merch every single week, and it's stuff like that. Or, you know, there's stuff like T-shirts and hoodies and collectibles and socks and all kinds of stuff. And it's also we're getting into the holiday season, so if you have a friend or loved one who's a Rooster Teeth fan, it's, it's you know, you, you're pretty secure on getting something that they're going to like from the store. And um, if you are a Rooster Teeth First member, you automatically, automatically get 5% off at checkout, which is another bonus. So it's one of those, like, the more you spend, the more you save kind of things, It pays right? for itself. It pays yeah. for itself. You would lose money by not doing it. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, which is the which is the way that sales work for sure. Um, and it's also, um, if you want to check it out, we're going to be we've got extra life this weekend. Um, by the time this episode hits YouTube, we will be um, going live with extra life actually. So extra life will be our uh, our twenty four hour live stream uh, benefiting Dell's Children's Hospital here in Austin, Texas. Um, we're trying to raise a million dollars this year. Um, we generally put everyone at Rooster Teeth through some terrible ringers to make that happen. Uh, last year, we tased Michael, uh, which, honestly, we probably would have done for free, but we, we got to do it for Wait, the kids. Wait, was that last year or the year before? This year before. Yeah, this year before? before. Last yeah. year. What did we do last year? Oh, last year was the Cheese Master. No, that, two that was two years ago. Damn it. That was a year. I, that like, was a big year. I think that was a big year. Last year, we found out about Iris. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Last year was Iris year. Um, so, but we have all kinds of ridiculous shenanigans that we'll pull during Extra Life. Uh, and during Extra Life, one of the things that you can do at the Rooster Teeth store um, is you can buy, we have a limited edition poster that you can buy that will only be available during that stream. And it's really cool. It's like like Rooster Teeth Land, and there's a little, there's a little, the no building in there. You can see us with our little orange gear. And then we've got like camp camp stuff and Ruby stuff and laser team stuff and red versus blue. And uh, all kinds of like fun references in that poster, which will only be available in the Rooster Teeth store for that period of time. So make sure that you check it out. It's a lot of fun, and I really, really hope that you join us for Extra Life. It's going to be a big, fun year. We're trying to la raise a lot of money for the kids, and we will we will have no dignity whatsoever. We will do whatever it takes to raise that money for kids. Yeah. So uh, please join us for that. You all have a no segment, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, I think we're on uh, 2 p.m. Central time. Mika's planning it, so if I uh, have any guesses, we're all going to be dressed as anime girls. Kawaii. That's, I like that. So uh, we'll see how what that ends up looking like. Uh, but if you have suggestions for any stunts that we should pull or things that we should do or entries for our wheel of, what are we calling it this year? Is it the wheel of destiny, the wheel of yeah, vengeance, so, yeah. the wheel yeah. of destiny. do something terrible to yourself? The wheel of destiny, too. Wheel of Destiny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know, so if you have any of those, leave them in comments or tweet us, uh, and we will hopefully see you on the Extra Life stream and on the Original Teeth store to get your exclusive poster. Thank you guys so much. Love you. Bye.